Hello, everyone. I hope you listened to part one of Natalie's interview last week. And uh, here we go with part two. Um, what about memory? How's your memory? Oh, this is my least favorite. We're doing we're doing an episode on our least favorite, you know, effects of mm-hmm. smoking cannabis. And this is my least favorite side effect of regular cannabis use is the short term memory loss. Oh, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. And for me as a person who is really like, I don't know, I'm kind of worried that I'm going to get old and I'm going to forget things. And that's why I became a photographer because I wanted to take pictures of everything I had seen, um, everything that I did. I love traveling. I've been on all seven continents. I didn't want to miss a moment. And so I, that's one of the things I don't like about marijuana is that I get the memory loss because that's, that's one of the side effects of THC. And so the great thing is to combat that, I feel like it's built into the drug. I can't really be that upset about short-term memory loss when I'm stoned. I can't really get that upset about it because I'm just not in that mindset. I don't usually notice it once I'm you know, sober, it's usually, it happens more so when I'm stoned. So if I'm in the middle of going to the kitchen for something, I'm like, ah, shit, like, what was I going to go get? I forgot now. Um, but I have noticed it creeping into my day-to-day life. It's just been little things where I'm like, I was holding these two things for what reason? Um, and so I just have to accept that THC is going to negatively disrupt the working and episodic memories within us when we take it. And that's, for me, that's a small price to pay for the many benefits that I seem to get from it. Yeah, I actually have that short-term memory issue normally. I'm like, what was I going to say? <laughs> what was that word? What did I walk into this room for? That's just me anyway. So that's just yeah, you that's, regularly. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's tough. Um, um, what do you what do you think is going on with that short-term memory loss? Why do you think that happens? Well, you know, the acute effects of cannabis on memory function have been studied for quite a while. And what, you know, how they did it was they allowed participants to consume a certain amount of, you know, the cannabis. And then they wanted them to complete some kind of task designed to test their aspects of different memory recall. And they found that there was delayed matching to sample task. And so, you know, your your visual pattern and then what you thought you saw were, were different. And then the short-term visual memory was also affected by that. And then, like I said, the episodic memories. And so what happens is our brain is trying to form memories all the time, the whole time we're awake and conscious, et cetera. And when you are stoned, you're kind of not in that place to be making memories. And so you are more susceptible to forming false memories, actually. So you might think something happened when you were stoned that actually really didn't happen when you were stoned. Um, And that there's no explanation for that. That's just part of the side effect of THC. So the so is it that the thing happened, it just wasn't when you were stoned? Or is that that you're making up a memory that didn't happen at all? Yeah, it's that you're making up a memory that didn't uh. happen at all. Because your your short term visual memory is being affected when you're using cannabis. So what you what you think you're seeing is being affected. And therefore, it's it's, you know, helping to form false memories because you're remembering something that you didn't actually see the way you thought you saw. So this gets into a topic that um, is actually extremely rare, I think, with cannabis. But have you ever had any hallucinations when you're high that you knew were hallucinations? 
Yeah, only like once or twice. And again, those are when I have just done in like way, 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 way too much. The You know, the point where like your feelings, like it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing. I don't want to use cannabis when it's not fun. But someone gave me an edible one time i you know the edibles have terrible history and i know why they get (laughs) they get the bad you know the bad stigma but if you're careful with them they can be great so someone gave me an edible and i said how much is this and he said "Mm, i don't know i think it's 20 and i said okay cool and then he came back to me 10 minutes later like oh sorry that's 45 and i was like whoa what that's a huge difference yeah and i was like oh my gosh and within an hour i was feeling nauseous i was dizzy you know I had the spinnies I hate when I get the spinnies I couldn't lay down I didn't want to walk and then I totally got obsessed with this idea that I saw a fish in this fish bowl that was in the hotel that we were at and they were like no there's no fish in the bowl they were correct there was no fish in the bowl but it was a hotel that lets you rent fish to put in your room so you could get a pet fish for the stay and I went to the desk and I was like, I want one of the pet fishes. And they were like, actually, we're, we're all out of the pet fishes. And I was like, okay. And then I got obsessed with the idea of going to the pet store to get a fish to put in the bowl in our room. And it was a crazy Uber adventure. And some of it, I was just like, I told my friends like, oh, do you remember when that happened? They're like, no, Natalie, that never happened. That was just you in the backseat and the Uber driver laughing at you. And so I've had it where like, I've had things where I really do. I'm like, that happened. And other people are like, that did not happen. You did not, you did not see that. Like you may have talked about it, but that is not what actually happened. And so I have had that happen where I, I've seen something or I thought I've seen something while I'm stoned and it's really not real. And I've done other psychedelics and that's, I'm, you know, those are expected. When I do those, I totally expect to see yeah. shit that I'm just is not there. But for cannabis is very rare that I do see things that aren't there. That's only when I've done way too much. So with this fish, did you actually <laughs> go to the pet store to try and get a fish or did that not happen? <laughs> No, I actually did get an Uber and um, dragged people with me to go get this pet fish. And um, it was in a city that I, you know, I'm not from. It was in Portland. And so I was just going all over Portland trying to go to a pet store and get a pet fish. And I think we went to two pet stores. And it was interesting because neither of them had fish. Hmm. And everyone kept being like, you know, you know, don't be sad. Don't let this. And at one point I was like, the universe doesn't want me to have a fish today. And that's okay. Let's go back. And that was kind of just, it was kind of just one of those things where I was just like, I tried and it didn't happen. Um, And I know normally if I had, you know, if I hadn't been stoned and I was on some quest to find a fish and didn't get one, I would have been pissed that I wasted money on Uber and how long it took and, you know, all these other things. But it was one of those things where it was totally funny to me at the time and still is, you know, I have no bad feelings about that. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to look at it. You know what? The universe just doesn't want me to have a fish, so <laughs> I guess I'm not going to get a fish. I've never heard of a hotel that will rent out fish that you could have as a pet during your stay. That yeah. is super weird. Yeah, it's, it's Portland, so not surprised. Uh, true, I guess. I've never been there. Um, <laughs> so what about movies and TV shows? When, Assuming that you watch them when you're high, how are they different? I do. Um, So one of the most recent things I've seen that I never saw before was The Big Lebowski. 
Oh. oh, and before I get too far, the hotel in Portland that does the fish is the Kempton Hotel, Monaco, Portland. Um, you can request a goldfish in your room. I just want to shout out to them. Um, <laughs> so I had never watched the Big Lebowski. There's lots of movies I haven't seen that people just cannot believe I haven't seen. I don't have the attention to sit and watch movies. It takes a really good movie for me to sit down and watch it. But when I'm stoned... Ah, all of a sudden I have all this time with nothing to do and I'm very open to watching things. So I watched The Big Lebowski about five months ago for the first time ever. Did not realize it was a stoner kind of movie. Mm -hmm. um, didn't I, I literally kept being like, oh, it's about bowling so I don't want to watch it that was my big thing I was like it's about bowling and everyone kept being like it's not about bowling it's so much more than that and I was like yeah but it's always bowling I always see bowling and I watched it and I loved it I thought it was so hilarious um I find that when I'm stoned media music movies television seem to be able to have just the most basic form of effect on me. If something is funny, it's really funny. If something is sad, I'm really sad about it. Um, and so I do appreciate, you know, media more when I'm stoned, I feel like. So do you think you, you sort of empathize with it a little bit more? You, you feel more what, what they're feeling if it's, you know, a character or something? I guess. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, I feel more of a connection. I think I get drawn into whatever I'm watching or listening to more than normal because it's not a, it's not a background noise. I'm heavily focused and involved with it. So yeah, I think maybe that's a good way of putting it is that I feel more of a connection to the characters. Mm. By the way, I just have to say the Big Lebowski. I I haven't seen it for a long time, but every the first time I saw it, it was many years ago, I was like, yeah, it's good. I like it. it's fine. But then the next time I watched it, I liked it more. And then the next time I watched it, I liked it even more. And you know, probably yeah. it's been four or five times that I've seen it, and I liked it more every <laughs> single time. So if you were to watch it again, and I think you'll like it even more. I'm hoping so. It's definitely a film that I'm going to watch again because I feel like while being stoned, I did miss some things. But sure. even knowing I missed some things, I still thought it was I still thought it was great. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's such a layered movie that you'll find new things with it or you'll appreciate new things mm -hmm. that you didn't see before. Yeah, and if I had known that Steve Buscemi was in it, I totally would have been into it way, way quicker. But again, it's one of those things where I didn't know until I was stoned and I gave myself time to enjoy it. Uh, my wife and I visited Iceland uh, like a year or two ago. And in mm -hmm. Reykjavik, Iceland, there is a Big Lebowski bar. Yes, yes, we we went to Iceland too, and oh. the thing is, I didn't care because I didn't know I didn't know anything about it, and now I'm like, oh no, like I wish I'd gone. But we did go. I don't know if you went. Did you go to the penis museum yes, in Reykjavik? We did. Yeah, we went to the penis museum, and I've got a picture of my husband up next to like a whale penis. And... Yeah, I think actually my wife got the same picture of me. <laughs> yeah, we really we really love that. It's in like the clear cylinder, like kind of yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that too. We, yeah. I also got a picture of my wife holding the penis telephone. <laughs> we um, we were in that little back room. And I think it's that room where it also has the picture of the guy who's had his penis out in front of that museum as much. And this little like group of old ladies came back there and they were just like giggling and pointing at all of this stuff that had was penis shaped. And we thought it was the cutest thing. Like it was so cute. That is really, I would have loved to see that. 
Uh, yeah, so if you ever go to Iceland, you got to go check out the Penis Museum. Go to the Penis Museum. It's very classy. Yes, it is. And it's not too expensive. All things either. considered. Nah. Um, nah. So back to like TV and movies. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at it sort of two ways. There's, there's <laughs> the production of the thing that you're watching. There's the making of it. But then there's also the story. You know, if you put yourself mm-hmm. in the story, do either of those... Um, I guess you already sort of talked about the story itself. You sort of, if it's happy, you're really happy. If it's sad, you're sad. But do you ever look at it on, from the other side, like people made this thing? You know, I don't think I, I don't think I think about it like that, um, generally speaking. And I do find that I have to constantly remind myself or ask someone like, what the plot is to make sure I'm following and I'm not missing anything. And so I'll be like, wait, are they really doing this? Is this like really, is there, and they're like, yes, they're really doing that. And so I find it harder to follow along sometimes. But for me, I mainly found that when I noticed that, you know, wow, someone made this, you know, is the Christopher Guest films. I love Christopher Guest. I don't know if yeah, you know who he well, is. Uh, yeah, waiting um, for Guffman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm I'm a I'm a new fan who is very much in love with his stuff because I watched something stoned and I enjoyed it immensely. And I watched it again sober and I enjoyed it even more. Mm. And so it was it was good. And he's and now I'm, I'm happy that I found it. But it's something that I don't think I would have watched had I not been stoned. I was I read it and I was like, this is this is quirky enough that it's going to work while I'm stoned. Yeah. Um, have you seen all of his movies? You know, that type of movie? I think, yeah, I think I've seen all of them except the singing one. Because um, um, I know one of his last ones is the is a singing one. Um, a Mighty Wind, I think, is that one. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think I've seen that one, but I've seen... I've seen all of the other ones. I've seen For Your Consideration and Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman. Um, I saw This is Spinal Tap a long time ago before yeah. I even knew who he was. And so, um, yeah, Mascots was was also something that I enjoyed. So I've really, like, for me, like, I feel great that I found him while I'm stoned. I found, like, music artists that I like now while I'm stoned. And so I, that's been that's been a cool side effect as well. Yeah, it's nice that it's opening opening you up to these new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, what mm-hmm. about music? You mentioned it a little bit, but can you get a, a little bit more into detail about what your experience is like with music when you're high? Oh yeah, so I'm a big like I'm a big music fan in general. Um, that's kind of where my background is. I can't play anything. Uh, I wish I could. I've tried every instrument. I just can't. I'm not musically inclined, but I love working with people who are into music, are singers, writers, or, you know, artists themselves. And so I have a huge eclectic taste in music. I'll listen to anything from rap to world music, to lo-fi, to opera, to like, I just, there are no bounds for me within music. If I like it, I'll listen to it. And so when I'm stoned, I go to Spotify and I look at what Spotify has suggested because otherwise all day long in some form or another, I'm listening to music, whether it's in my headphones or it's at my desk at work. I listen to music. I have it going constantly in the background and I'm very purposeful about what I'm playing Mm. for me. I play music based on what I'm feeling or how I want to feel. If I'm in a crappy mood, if I want to stay in a crappy mood, I listen to some crappy music. But if I want to get myself out of that mood, I play something better. 
when I'm stoned, I don't feel like I have those constraints on me. I let Spotify and other things choose what I'm listening to based on what, what it knows about me. And so I've been able to sort of find some bands and artists that I don't think I would have listened to before that again, like, like the movie, like I, I wouldn't have watched Christopher Guest before, but I decided to try it and I enjoyed it. And it's been the same experience with music is that there's been some new stuff that I've discovered that I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I don't think I would have thought this out, but now that I'm listening to it, I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's really cool. I like that. And I hope that anybody who's listening to this can sort of use that to, you know, learn about new things that are out there in the world, especially when it comes to music and movies and media and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And then when you're actually listening to the music, especially if it's something that you know, um, does it does it change at all? I think it's kind of related to what you were saying about the, the movie that I didn't really think about. I think I feel more connected to the music. I'm more empathetic to it because I can either think about where I was when I heard this before or what the song means to me or what the lyrics are saying to me. I'm much more open to any interpretation that comes to me when I'm listening to that. I mean, I've been sucked into a whole new genre of synth wave now, which I normally wouldn't listen to because it's very 80s. I'm not really an 80s music fan, but I'm really in love with synth wave. And I just, again, wouldn't have discovered it without weed. (laughs) Nice. Um, What are like, say, maybe two or three of of like the top groups or music uh, you know, types of music that you listen to that you prefer to listen to? Ooh, okay. So, like, number one, I'm always about Block Party. I am super, super into Block Party. I've been a fan of theirs for, I don't know, like, over a decade now. And they're an English rock band. They're amazing. Um, I feel like their music already is emotional. And so when I'm stoned, I get even more emotional with their music. I, I love it so, so much. Um, I'm really into indie, like indie rock or indie pop. And so I listen to things like Vampire Weekend, or if I want to get really, really indie, I listen to the XX or something along those lines. Um, and so I've had fun with them. And my new thing seems to be like chill, like chill music, chill hop, like electro chill. And so I've been listening to, uh, Torio Y. Moy, and that's been good. Um, he does a lot of beats and things like that. This is good for me because I was never, um, I love music, but I didn't have like a really wide range of what I would listen to regularly when I was younger. And so I just got stuck into like a very small, limited amount mm. of artists and stuff. And so it's good for me to expand my horizons, you know, from decades upon decades. Because I'm like you, I love pretty much anything. If it's music, mm-hmm. and as long as it's not like too like experimental with like very little rhythm yeah. or whatever, as long as it's not like yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, music, I love it. Um, but I don't know a lot about it. I don't know a lot of artists. I don't know oh. a lot of songs. And so I, um, and I, I, even to this day, I still don't actually listen to a lot of music because I am mm-hmm. now listening to a lot of podcasts because there's <laughs> so many podcasts that I'm not helping it. I know, it. Um, I know, yeah. But yeah, I, I do want to listen to more music 
in general. So That's cool. thank you for those suggestions. Yeah, I'm I'm also in like a Discord with a few people where it's just a bunch of strangers who like music. And sometimes we'll be like, oh my gosh, I heard this really cool band or this really cool artist. Check them out. Let me know what you think. And so I found some pretty good stuff like that. I am all about sharing any sort of crazy music like you said i'm cool with anything that's not too experimental if i can't find a beat or rhythm to follow along in the song then it said just sounds like noise to me and i'm sorry for anyone who's doing experimental (laughs) music yeah but you know it it takes a special person to i think appreciate that for what it is and most people aren't like that and that's okay we're all different so (laughs) changing gears um you know those Mm -hmm. those things food TV, movies, music, those were all sort of like your perception of the outside world, those those things. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's sort of similar is sex. That's, you know, how mm-hmm. how is your perception of sex or the, you know, the mental or the physical um, aspect of it different when you're high? Um, for anyone who's not had sex stone but is thinking about it, you owe it to yourself to try it at least once. Um, If you just go on a purely logical base, okay, sex can cause, you know, anxiety, et cetera, pressure, okay? Cannabis helps you relax and release anxiety and stress. You put those two together, guess what? The cannabis is going to cancel out how much stress and anxiety and pressure you might be feeling when you normally have sex. So you're going to be able to let go more. You're going to be able to enjoy more. Um, As we said, touching and being massaged always feels better when you're stoned. You know, I'm speaking always for at least me. For you, yeah. Um, Subjective. Yeah, in those... In those same regards, then I would say that sex is also equally as enjoyable for me. It's kind of a different experience. I feel more like it's it sounds again it sounds cheesy, and it's it's more like a melting of two people, mm. um, and it, it feels it feels like you're in sync more with the person you're with. Maybe that's just me, but I I enjoy cannabis sex. Cannabis sex, um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> the. The, you said it's like two people melting together. That's It's an interesting blend of both the physical and the mental because I think with food and sex particularly, those are two things that there's a very mental, uh, there's a mental side, but there's also the physical side. With food, it's the taste, right? And the, with sex, obviously, mm-hmm. it's the physical feeling, but there's that mental side too that, you know, you said that's your experience of two people blending together in sync you know, and who knows if what the other person's is thinking, but you know, if that's what you're feeling, that that's what's important. And if that heightens the experience, that's that's amazing. Absolutely. And if your inhibitions are lowered as they right. generally are when you're doing cannabis, you're gonna be able to verbalize more what you like, more what you want. The other person's gonna be able to verbalize something they maybe they want to try that they haven't you know, been waiting to say. And so this is going to create that space for you guys to connect more because you might verbalize to each other more, even if it's not with words, even if it's just with sounds. Right. You might be doing sounds that you don't normally do when you're not stoned. That sort of thing is always going to open up, you know, a, a bigger pathway for you guys to connect to each other. And so I'm I'm a super fan of cannabis sex. Yeah. And just allowing yourself to just be in it more so than otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, those were all sort of the 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 questions about how are things different um and we're gonna you know shift gears again do you consider yourself and i think i already know the answer to this based on some things you've said before but do you consider yourself like a pot nerd or a connoisseur of some kind 
I feel like such a baby in the cannabis world. <laughs> you know, I feel like I got started late, but I absolutely like my friends come to me about cannabis advice. I just had someone text me yesterday, a friend of mine who was like, holy shit, I'm too stoned. What can I do? And I was like, sugar, sugar, sugar. It'll help. It'll counteract. Mm. You know, I got all geeky. Um, <clears throat> I am not one of those typical cannabis geeks because you were talking about dispensaries, which in my mind are just like candy shops for adults. Um, and you've got the people who are like, oh, this blend, it does this and it smells like this. And, you know, you get this on the back end. I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not like that. It's cool if it tastes good. But for me, I'm more about the just very simplistic effect. I want to know how this is going to affect my body, how this is going to affect my mind, and for how long. That's it. I don't want to know anything else about, about what I'm doing. And so I am a cannabis geek in terms of I like knowing what it does to us and the effects of us. Mm -hmm. But I'm not so much, you know, concerned with the cannabis itself. Right. So it's more of the science side. I mean, I guess it is all science. Um, mm -hmm. Do you know, do you know much about the different strains? Is that something that you pay attention to much? Yeah, I pay attention to the strains that I like. Like if I, if I try, I try everything based on the name. I am one of those people who, if it sounds, if it sounds cool, I want to try it. And so if I try a strain of weed that I like, and it, you know, and I say I like, what I mean is it has a marked and noticeable difference than what I'm normally feeling or thinking. I will make a note of that in my geeky gold doc. <laughs> and I will be like, hey, this strain made me feel like this or think like this. And then I will always try it again one more time just to see if I have that same sort of effect, whether it was where I was or if it was actually the, the weed itself. And then I'd try it a third time. If I do have the same effect and I try to see if I can replicate that. And that's how I know what affects me and, and, you know, in a different way than other things. There's some, there's some strains where people are like, oh my God, this knocked me on my ass or this, you know, this blew me out of my world where I try it. And I'm like, really? I didn't feel that. And there's other ones where I like them and people are like, oh yeah, that's not really, you know, I don't really get that from that strain. And so I think it has a lot to do with physiology and how we're each made up. It has to do with all the things that our bodies are doing. You know, some people process things differently. So I think the strains are going to have that as well. Yeah, I was I actually was just about to say that. And then you said it. We are all different, both mentally and physiologically different. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's all going to affect us differently. And we're all going to react to those differences differently so, like, mm -hmm. no two people are going to have the same reaction to something. Um, I also just really appreciate that scientific method that you use to, you know, really see <laughs> if something is what you like or not. Yeah, yeah, because then I know if I want to try it again. And then I know, you know, if I've had a stress out day and I'm like, I remember this strain particularly was amazing and it did this it did this thing for me that I want to recreate and one of the, my go-to strains when I can get it is it's like my top three is Alaskan Thunderfuck and for me I have found time 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 and again it doesn't matter how many times I have this 
when I have ATF, it is a great strain that taps into that creativity inducing effect that I was talking about. That's what I wrote the two books on. When mm. I consume ATF, I'm still able to fully concentrate and there's no crash with this strain for me. Sometimes, you know, it's a sativa and sometimes when they're potent, you can crash on the other end where you're just like nap time, I'm out, I'm groggy, I'm this, that, and the other. Nope. It doesn't really doesn't happen to me, even though I know this is a strain that some people are really sensitive to. And so if you are going to try Alaskan Thunderfuck ATF, make sure to try just a little bit first to see how it is, because it will give you that energy and that focus. And then, you know, you may crash on the other end of it. Note taken. <laughs> so these next two questions are I'm going to sort of combine um, and they're also just sort of weird questions in general but um, so the first one is has your view of the world changed since you started smoking or using or consuming pot and you know have you learned any insights about yourself or the world and then the other one is you know how has it affected your sober life mm-hmm. okay so I think because I did it backwards. So I tried psychedelics before I really got into weed. Mm. And I felt like I was learning a lot about the world and, you know, people and myself with psychedelics. And I was happy with that. And then once I introduced the use of cannabis, I actually prefer this more. And it feels like I've got a complete view on, you know, the sort of um, psychological drugs that I've been able to verbalize more what I'm getting from these things. Whereas before I kind of felt like, "Eh, it's just the feeling, you know, I just get, but now because of how cannabis works, because I am able to be focused and alert and able to get out my ideas or whatever it is I'm trying to convey, I feel like it has made me better in explaining what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking because I really want other people to understand the experience I'm having, whether I'm with them or I'm recalling it later. And I also found in my sober life, I definitely am more aware of when I am stressed out. So I wrote like a blog post about it a while ago, but I had a 10 year ailment where I was just sick to my stomach, no rhyme, no reason, didn't know why. Um, it was just one of those things where everything made me sick to my stomach. And I no one could figure out why. And so I kept decreasing things from my diet and being like, I can't have this, I can't have that. And finally, I went and I got a camera down my stomach. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have cancer or I have something else terrible going on with me. And the doctor said, you're just stressed. You're stressing yourself out. Hmm. And it's all in your head. And when I heard that, I was first, I was mad. I was like, man, I've been making myself sick for 10 years. What the hell have I been doing? Um, And then I quit my high stress job and I rearranged my entire life to sort of, you know, take this new path that is good for me and hopefully good for everyone who I come in contact with. And having that knowledge that I was a stressful, anxious person, I was just holding it all in. I'm now much more aware because of my cannabis use. When I'm going day to day, I can say, okay, I am fully stressed right now. I recognize it and I'm going to 
honor that stress later on in the evening when I decide to have cannabis. So I'm not going to stress about being stressed. I'm going to just, you know, get through the stress. And on the other side of this is going to be something relaxing for me to do. Whereas before, I never would notice when I was stressed. I would work for 70, 80 hours a week and I would never notice when I was stressed or doing too much. It wasn't, it didn't click for me in my mind. Whereas now I'm able to say like, okay, you've hit your stress level. Make sure to take care of yourself after this. That is a crazy story. Um, your audio was going in and out a little bit, so I don't know if I missed this, but when during those 10 years, would you smoke pot? And then if so, did that help the, the stress or the appetite or the nausea? No, I didn't have, again, for me, I really did think it was a diet thing. I thought I could, I thought I had an allergic reaction. I thought, I thought I had a H. pylori. I was very convinced that I had some sort of like um, bacteria in my stomach that wasn't right. And so for me, I just sought over-the-counter medicine and I kept going to the doctors and kept complaining about the same things. And so they just had me eliminate things from my diet time and time again. It never occurred to me that I could be stressed at all because I never showed any other signs of being stressed. Um, I was an editor at a magazine with a team of workers under me. I didn't I worked on deadlines. I didn't actually ever take a break. <laughs> and I just looked at myself as driven, not necessarily overextended. And so it was never, it was never, never occurred to me that it could be something as easy as a fix as like relaxing and doing something that was relaxing. Um, I only made the connection after I realized it was stress, after the doctor told me that, then I decided what ways can I try that are not medication and I stumbled upon cannabis. Yeah, it's really crazy how much stress will affect you. Um, I like earlier this year was having high blood pressure issues. And then I finally realized, mm -hmm. oh, it's because I'm getting stressed out and that is raising my blood pressure. And mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. I realized that I was able to control a little bit better. And then this whole quarantining, sheltering at home thing actually allowed me to get a little bit less stressed, which was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if any of you are feeling like you're stressed out, do what you can to, to fix that because it will fuck you up. Yeah, and there's some marked signs that you may be suffering from stress, but you don't actually realize that you're suffering from stress. Things I didn't know. So, you know, you and I were talking about the massages. I really love massages. One of the reasons I love massages is because I'm always very tense. And I'm always very tense because I'm stressed. I did not put two and two together. So it's really important that you look at some of the things and habits that you you may have had, but you don't realize that they're related to stress. I grind my teeth at night. I didn't know that. Um, even being generally forgetful can be a sign of stress because you've got brain fog, which I've always had, but I am also an insomniac. So I thought, okay, I'm an insomniac. That's why I've got brain fog. But really, they're all linked. I have brain fog because I'm an insomniac. I'm an insomniac because I'm stressed out. I'm thinking about things before bed. So you really want to look at things like that. I know another one that's really weird is that you have little white spots on your nails. You might have a calcium deficiency. And uh, when you have that, that's going to affect the production of your hormones and could be why you're stressed. And so there's a lot of weird ways you can be stressed and not realize you're stressed. So again, I think I sort of know the answer to this one, but how much would you say cannabis is in your life? And, you know, if you want to give a percentage to that, that would be fine too. 
I mean, you know, I'm not one of those people who uses it daily. I could, I could use it daily whenever I'm in California for work or vacation. I pretty much use cannabis every single day. And so I know that I could use cannabis every single day, but I've absolutely noticed that when I do take that route, the effect of it is lessened, which I do not like. And so I'd rather just have some personal restraint personally and use it consciously on the two days, two or three days that I'm deciding to use it so that I can really get into the effects of it. And so I wouldn't say it's, you know, like 90% of my life, but I know that that's my way of relaxing in the same way that someone looks forward to going out and hanging with their friends or, you know, watching their favorite Netflix show. I look forward to when I can sit down and relax and get stoned. So I'd, I'd say it's a big part of my it's a big part of my life. Well, and the fact that you have a podcast called Stoned and Social. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> so is it safe to say that you appreciate cannabis? I don't only appreciate cannabis, I realize and recognize what a very sacred plant it is. And it can be used for, you know, enlightenment or relaxation or forming a connection with your someone else like we were talking about earlier. Or if you misuse it or abuse it, it can be used to make you sick and feel dizzy and ill. And, you know, some people have only had one experience with cannabis and it's been that. And I always feel bad for those people because it's almost like getting in a car with no driver's license and just putting your foot down on the gas and trying to go from zero to 100. You wouldn't do that. And so this is the same thing. I encourage anyone who has had a bad experience with cannabis to try it another way and to really start at a smaller than you think you might need dosage. I always say five milligrams is a great starting point for anyone who's never tried it and to work your way up. When I first started, five milligrams was enough. It would make me crazy. And now I'm at a point where I can have 25 milligrams. And if I take a weed break, which I do sometimes to kind of reset myself, where I don't have any cannabis for 30 to 45 days, then I can start back and, you know, five or 10 is, you know, gets me to where I used to be on 25. And, you know, for those who are new to this, five milligrams, of course, is, is for edible, um, you know, smoking. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different, different terminology, different situation. Yeah. Yeah. You need to check those puffs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, what do you think your future with cannabis will be? That's a hard, hard thing to even think about, I know. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm really an advocate for cannabis and I know a lot of people who are, you know, making moves and shaking things up a little bit in terms of introducing cannabis to their states, getting it legalized. I volunteer my time when I'm, you know, for some services who are working on things like that. And I also just really believe that ultimately if I have it my way, I will somehow find a way to integrate cannabis into my work. I would love to do that. Like, I would love to find a way to do it. My dream has been to have a little cannabis-themed B&B where you come for relaxing and everything has to do with cannabis or CBD where you get CBD baths and um, THC-infused massages and things like that. That's that's my ultimate goal. I would love that. Sign me up. <laughs> I will go. Um, it's got to be somewhere with a good view, too. Oh, yes. Like Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last question is another weird one. What do you want to say to cannabis? Oh, I want to say thank you to cannabis. Like, 
oh my gosh, cannabis has, has saved me so much money, so much time, so much effort, so much agony, um, so much trouble. Cannabis has been the shortcut to a myriad of my problems and I will be forever grateful for discovering it and not, you know, just giving up on it after my attempt. And so I would say thank you to cannabis. I think that is a great way to end this. Thank you to cannabis. Thank you to you. Uh, that is actually a statement that I think I'm going to be saying a lot at the end of these interviews, uh, because <laughs> I think every single person is probably going to say thank you to cannabis. Um, and I, yeah, I'm really grateful for your time and all of these amazing answers that you gave. I love, I love doing this because I love learning about the people that I'm talking to and, um, you know, just getting a fuller view of cannabis and the people. And I hope, I really, really hope that the listeners feel the same way, especially new people, people who have never done this before or who are just learning about it. And I, you know, I want to give them a fuller view about what this plant can do and that it's not this thing that people have been made to believe it is for, you know, the last hundred years. Yeah, there's no boogeyman. It's not It's not weed. Cannabis is your friend. Cannabis is your friend. Uh, any last words you want to say? Um, namaste stone, people. And did I hear in some of your, uh, your episodes at the very end you say, stay highly conscious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really like that. Whenever it's... Whenever it's repeated back, it sounds so much worse. <laughs> no, no. I When I heard it, I was like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, you know, not everybody would appreciate it, I guess, but I did. I did. <laughs> thank um, you. Well, yeah, so thank you to you. Thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, go check out Natalie's podcast called Stoned and Social. And uh, I'm sure it's she's written some books, so go find her books. Uh, I will put, I'll get that information from her afterwards, and I'll put that in the uh, episode notes. So uh, thank you to everybody for listening. And uh, until next time, this is Spencer and Natalie talking about cannabis. Thanks. Thanks.